action. Hi, everybody, and welcome to My Brother Made Me Review This. This week, in a change of pace, I made my brother review the 1979 movie Alien. Um, so I am very, very eager to hear what you think, Matt. Okay, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm ready to... Uh, to give my review you know i've never watched this movie in a full sitting and i feel really guilty about that because really uh, i've loved i love movies and um it's, it's kind of my reputation for watching a lot of movies and just the fact that this is a a classic and i haven't sat through a full one uh, i'm really glad that i did for different reasons so um yeah i'm ready to go okay awesome well this I, last time we did face off which is one of your favorites um yeah if not this, the favorite, my favorite. yeah okay um this one i don't know i don't know that i would say the favorite but it is definitely one of my uh absolute favorites for a lot of reasons um mm -hmm. that we'll get into but one very very simple one it is something we've talked about a little bit before in that i love ship horror like spaceship mm -hmm. or you know on an ocean because the stakes are so high because if something goes wrong in a house a hotel a car a camp you can walk run drive away but on a ship if something goes wrong you like you you solve it or die <laughs> um mm -hmm. which is very much what happens in this movie um so if you're cool with it i'm gonna go ahead and dive into uh kind of our recap Let's go. Okay. So, um, from the very first, like, cut of the movie, we get that it is a ship named the Nostromo with a seven-crew team and one, and one cat um, towing 20 million tons of mineral ore back to Earth. Um, and something that I found interesting reading about this movie is that so this came out in 1979 and Star Wars was I think 1977 Star my mind Trek, was going to Star Wars by the was way. It? When, yeah it was um, so Star Trek was two years before and the first episode of Star Trek was in 1966 so um, in those like main sci-fi things that we've established the people that we're seeing in space a lot of times are um like with star wars there's different levels of mysticism i would say mm -hmm. and in star trek they're all um in very tidy you know uniforms very neatly pressed uh and with this movie the creator uh ridley scott and the director said that he wanted to see what it would be like you know if we've gone to outer space and there's people who are towing something back to earth it's going to be your blue collar workers so um mm. i just find that very interesting because it's a it's a change of pace um yeah by the way i i don't want to cut you off but you did please you did skip over uh, honestly, a really, really good and overlooked. Well, okay, a really fun and overlooked uh, space movie uh, that also came out the same year, and that is Moonraker, James Bond in space. Wow! See, I don't even, I don't know anything about that movie. Uh, it's it's similar. I like it's similar to Thunderball. There's a space fight uh, with lasers okay. and stuff, but it's it's also like buttoned down when they're in space. It's buttoned down. Um, everyone is perfect. Uh, the bad guy's trying to s create his own, um, uh, uh, like ultimate human, ex uh, uh, I guess, um, colony in space. So it's just very looks very clean and everything. And okay. this was this was drastically different. So exactly to what you were saying, this took another turn. It did. And, it did. and when I was watching the movie, even from the beginning, just everything was so clunky and bulky and i don't mean that in a bad way i just mean like when you're watching it you can tell it's so different than a lot of other 
it's there's nothing that's like slick and oh yeah i'd love to have that technology it's just everything is there for a purpose and there's nothing that is um luxurious at all about any of this yeah this isn't the kind of movie where you admire like the the um beautiful glass doors sliding open automatically or something you know what i mean like the nice everything whoosh, looks like it's yeah. gonna break down and it's been used to death <laughs> yeah <laughs> um absolutely um oh and throughout this i'm gonna be throwing out the names of the crew um, okay good but for anybody that has not seen this movie in a long time or hasn't seen it at all the most important name to remember is Ripley, and that's our mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver. Um, right. So, <clears throat> in our first shot, the, the crew uh, in stasis is woken up by the ship's AI named Mother after she detects an unknown repeating transmission coming from a nearby moon. And um, they are, per their company's regulations, legally obligated to investigate or they don't get paid um Mm -hmm. so they can't fully decode the transmission but just based on the fact that it's broadcasting at uh i think 12 second intervals they guess that it must be an sos um so they go to this moon and uh the rocky atmosphere causes a landing that damages the ship so one part of the crew consisting of Kane, the captain, Dallas, the second in command, and Lambert, the navigator, goes out onto the moon to try to find out wherever the signal's coming from. And the rest of the crew, uh, Ripley, who is in command whenever Kane and Dallas are off ship, Ash, the science officer, Parker, the chief engineer, and Brett, the engineering tech, all stay on the ship to do repairs while Ripley works on decoding the transmission. Um, And the ground crew finds an alien ship that's crashed. Inside, they see this giant alien skeleton sitting in some kind of command chair. And um, one of them remarks that the bones are bending outward as though he exploded from the inside. Um, Back on the Nostromo, Ripley rings Ash, the science officer, to tell him that from what she started to gather from the transmission, it seems like more of a warning than a call for help. Um, So she says she wants to go out after the ground crew, but uh, he talks her out of it. Uh, So the ground crew go deeper into the ship where they find a a, like cave-like chamber um, that is, they they say it's like, it feels tropical. It's very warm and very wet. And there's a layer of mist and um, what they describe as leather objects like eggs covering the floor. Uh, Captain Kane falls into the mist and one of the eggs bursts open and a small uh, alien that has like, it's, I don't know, I feel like it's starfish plus spider. Um, it it fully like glomps onto his face. Right, um, but he had the mask on. Yes, which it does by melting through like, that looks like at least two inches of thick glass because they're all wearing yeah like spacesuits um bulky spacesuits yes um so the ground crew of course immediately go back to the nostromo and they get to the airlock and um ripley asks where kane is and they tell her uh, they need to get him to the infirmary because something has attached itself to his face Mm -hmm. um and And we've seen this guy before what else has he been in? Do you, what is he famous for? Because he has really dramatic, like a really dramatic, recognizable face. Kane? Yeah. Isn't, the, isn't that John Hurt? No. No? Which one's John Hurt? Maybe. I'll look it up right now. But sorry, you can continue. I'm pretty sure that's John Hurt. Um, but 
Okay, so the uh, they tell her to open the hatch. She refuses, saying she needs a clear definition of um, what the thing is and what happened, because if she lets it in, the whole ship could be affected. And she um, cites their 24-hour decontamination quarantine procedure. Uh, the ground crew, so Lambert and Dallas, are angry and say Kane could die in 24 hours, to which she says, if we break quarantine, we could all die. Mm-hmm. So she is, um, she is like stone cold, can't put one crew member above the whole crew. Um, Kane, meanwhile, Kane and Dallas both rank above her. With Kane unconscious, Dallas orders her to open the door. She refuses, but science officer Ash ignores her and opens the hatch. That is weird, right? Um, and also, you are right. It is John Hurt. It Good is? Call. Okay, okay. Um, it is weird because you would think if anybody is going to adhere to scientific procedure, it would be the science officer. Right. And he's also no nonsense. And he also is the same actor that played uh, an adult Bilbo, uh, Bilbo Baggins. Oh my God, is that what I know him from? Yes. And also, yeah, I mean, uh, continue and then I'll, I'll say one other thing about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, well, so with them inside, uh, in the infirmary, they try to get the alien off of Kane's face. But when they try to cut one of the um, spider tentacle legs, the blood that comes out is acid. And it eats through three floors before stopping. So they very quickly decide they can't do any more cutting because it could eat through the hole. Um, They're trying to figure out what to do next. Uh, They're talking. They leave the infirmary and come back in and realize the alien is uh, gone. It's not on Kane's face. So they start searching for it. And um, in a like fun jump scare, it drops dead from the ceiling, but at first it lands on Ripley. So um, mm-hmm. she immediately wants to get rid of the body, but Ash insists they bring it. Uh, they bring it with them to study because it's the first intelligent extraterrestrial life. Um, Dallas is now the acting captain since Kane is still unconscious, and he is just—I don't know—he seems really like out of his depth and. He has had like a shit day. <laughs> he has had a bad day and he doesn't want to deal with it. So he just says that um, since this is a scientific thing, Ash gets final call. Um, you know what that reminded me of? It was just, it was like, I don't want to, He's he really could have had the authority to make a say, but I think that he was just like, I don't want, I don't want the responsibility of this. So I'm going to, it was a very political move where he just was like, I'm, I'm going to pass this on to, I'm going to say that, Oh, this guy really has the right because he's the science science officer. That is a really interesting, interesting way of looking at it. And I love that um, for me, it's like, this guy's just tired. And for you, which I think is probably more accurate because they are working, they are like corporate coworkers technically. Mm -hmm. So he, he is totally do it practicing CYA cover your ass. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, do you know, do you recognize him by the way, Tom Skerritt, this movie, I was blown away when I was watching it. Goodbye. Bye. Just how recognizable everyone is. So this is Tom Skerritt. Do you remember him? I do not. Okay. He was on top gun and he's the one that, uh, I think he was, he grounded Maverick because, uh, you know, being irresponsible. Okay. with goose uh and then also do you, uh mom used to watch the show picket fences no it was a, a, kind of a wacky show but uh he was the dad on that so he's always kind of like a a stoic type of guy and uh or he he actually all three of those roles are all the same this is this is the same role okay <laughs> yeah. so he's very good at what he does which is this yes role. Right. And if you watch his other stuff, I think your opinion might move into my opinion where it's like, this guy is just uh, a political animal. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm completely skipping over the cast because, and I, I uh, seriously want you to jump in because most of these people, I, I 
obviously know and love uh, Sigourney Weaver. Um, I know John Hurt. I I knew that I recognized um, the the Ian Ash. Holm. Yeah, Ian Holm. I think is his name. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't know from where. And I feel like I also recognized uh, Harry, the guy, Brett. Yeah, he looks the same today. Yeah. Um, Harry Dean Stanton. Yes, yes, yes. That's, yeah. Um, but anyway, so after they, after this, Ash obviously decides to keep the alien and Ripley tells Dallas that she does not trust Ash. Um, and in this conversation, Dallas kind of refutes Ripley twice because he's already done it with this um, decision about what to do with the alien. And then he asks her how repairs are coming along. And she tells him, um, you know, the basics are repaired but there's still a lot more that we need to do. And he's like, if we can get in space, I want to get in space. That's it. Mm -hmm. it uh, if we're good to fly, then I don't really care. We have what else? 11 we months left to travel. Yes. Or exactly. six months or something like that. Exactly. So um, they get back into space before waiting for any other repairs to be completed. And um, they're having a kind of team meeting deciding what to do next when Kane wakes up and seems totally fine other than some memory loss. Um, and they all sit down and decide to have like a nice crew dinner together before they all go back into stasis. And in what I consider to be a truly iconic scene, mm -hmm. um, an alien bursts forth from Kane's chest, killing him and escaping into the ship. So, so that scene, I have to say, that scene. Please. Um, it, I, I, whenever I see that scene, I always think of Spaceballs because that happened at the end of Spaceballs. <laughs> Did you remember that? No. At a diner, the guy's no. like, "This is good. What is this?" And then, like a space diner, and he lays, he, and then the alien pops out of his chest and. Then the alien starts um, like uh, singing with a group of other aliens, <laughs> but but this or that. But then also I saw like a fun fact, and I don't know. I really don't know how true this is because I don't think there, especially when production is this expensive, nothing happens by accident. But they say that the other cast members did not know that this was going to happen when they all sat down. The Ridley Scott wanted natural reactions from them wow i don't i have no idea if that's true but that's cool if so yeah the actress that plays lambert apparently she fainted oh i mean <laughs> i can kind of see why it was it is gruesome it's very gruesome and there's like this moment um where it it builds up because he collapses and he starts writhing and it they all think like he must be seizing because one guy is trying to put mm. a spoon between his teeth. That was the so big he, ordeal. That lasted like a minute. Like put a spoon, put a spoon. Yeah, so he didn't like bite bite his tongue or anything. Um yeah. And while they're trying to hold him down, because you know to stop him from hurting himself in in a seizure, there's like a moment before the alien fully bursts, but something happens and a spurt of blood comes out of his mm -hmm. chest. And oh yeah, that was weird. Face. And it's like, it's like an oh shit moment. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, and I, at the end of this, I also want to talk about visual effects. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, so this happens and um, you basically you know, draw, come to the conclusion yourself as the audience that whatever, whenever that thing was on his face, it must have like laid eggs in his chest. Mm -hmm. Um, so the crew eject Kane's body from the airlock and begin searching the ship for the alien with nets, flamethrowers, electric prods, and a device that makes noise whenever um, something is near. 
So they have, of course, a false alarm when they detect movement and uh, almost give Jones, the cat, a really, really bad time. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett, the uh, engineer, goes after Jones to try to catch him so he doesn't keep setting off the sensor. But instead of Jones, he finds a shedded skin. And the now fully grown alien, um, which uh, this is, if you've ever heard the term xenomorph, this movie is where it comes from. That's the name of the alien. Mm. Um, the, the xenomorph seems to kill Brett and disappears with his body. Um, the crew realizes the alien must be using the vents to move around. So Dallas goes into the vents to try to herd it towards the airlock with Ripley at the command center closing each vent hatch behind him as he proceeds. Um, I, I thought that was a good plan. I mean, you that know, was a really good plan. I mean, that's probably the best plan. It's probably the best plan. Uh, yeah. Of course it doesn't work. Right. Um, the alien uh, ambushes Dallas kills him and disappears again and um lambert i mean they're all really rattled of course but lambert especially so because she kind of um realizes that the alien plans to pick them all off one by one um and says that they should use the escape shuttle but ripley who is now acting captain explains the shuttle won't take four people. So they are stuck just Well actually trying. Lambert Lambert was kinda like we should <laughs> Lambert said we should draw straws. Yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, I knew I mean I was kind of annoyed with her beforehand, but then when she did that I was like, okay, I don't like this person. <laughs> <laughs> But would any part of you, even if you never said it, would any part of you be thinking it? No, I would. I honestly would not because it's kind of like at this point you're a team. And, yeah, that's true. You know, but um, yeah. That's true. Um, well, <laughs> but yeah, so they kind of stuck with uh, Dallas RIP, his original plan to flush it out or kill it because they just there's too many of them um to all fit in the shuttle together um so ripley with her new rank of acting captain is able to access mother the ai um and she goes there to try to figure out what's happening to get some guidance see if mother can calculate like what's their probability of success if they do this Honestly, Mother mm-hmm. does not seem super helpful. Um, no. But she is able to uh, figure out, get access to this new confidential uh, info. And I will say, out- Mother is the only character to me that was not, everything in this movie was, to me, extremely original, except for Mother. And Mother reminded me of 2001 Space Odyssey, the computer in that. Yeah, I think Mother definitely, they they definitely could have done so much more with that. They um, didn't even need Mother. I don't think they did. I don't think they did. I think the reason they had Mother was for this exact moment. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, she finds out from Mother that Ash received separate orders from their company. And uh, in this moment, the screen reads, Priority One ensure return of organism for analysis all other considerations secondary crew expendable and by this time ash is standing to her right yeah um so there's immediately a confrontation he attacks her and like is throwing her across the room suddenly super strong um he tries to suffocate her which and i had never seen this before he does so by rolling up like a manual or a newspaper or magazine or something and shoves that in her mouth. Um, And he starts sweating a milky substance. Yes. Um, So Parker, who is the engineering chief comes upon them 
and um, tries to get Ash off. He can't. So he uh, hits him in the head, which knocks his head off. With a thing. With a, I don't even know what it was, but it was know. something really heavy. Yeah. Um, but he knocks his head off and reveals him as an android. Um, which I think is... And Milk is... Yes. Yes. Um, milk is spraying everywhere. And I just... I, I think this is such an interesting twist. Mm-hmm. Because it could just be an alien hunting you. Like, that's enough. An alien hunting you on a ship. That is enough. Yes. Um, to be terrifying. Uh, but they planted in the writing of this, they planted, you know, a seed of terror from the inside too. that your coworker, the the person you've been traveling with is not who you thought. Um, Yes. And and at this point, I do have a question for you. Please. Okay. So Ash said, no, he's the science, science officer. And he says, no, you know what? Don't worry about the quarantine. Let him in. Do you think he wanted this guy in there so they can incubate the alien and let the alien survive and then bring it? Like, his intention was not just the crew is expendable, just the crew is lunch for this alien. And um, I mean, that's that. Bring the, ali- bring the alien in so it can incubate. I. There's a chance that that's what he was thinking. I honestly don't think that he knew. I don't think any of them, including him, knew about the biology or behavior of this alien. So I don't think he knew that it was incubating anything. I think he just wanted it inside because, like, he does. He needs it in the ship, and then he can get it back before it's in the ship he doesn't know it could detach and run off it could detach and die you know a million things could happen okay. but it, if that's what i think anyway i don't know i thought he knew exactly what this type of alien was i think i thought he knew exactly what it would do but you know maybe i'm i'm reaching there i maybe i don't know um but they uh, okay so they after the head is knocked off they are able to plug him back in just his head and uh, reactivate it. And I think the framing of this scene is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Because I, okay, so I still think it was well done, but I do, it is very clear to me that like the actor must have been sitting under a table. Yep, yep. And poking yep. his head through a hole in the table. I was thinking the same thing too. Um, which, I mean, 1979, they were working with what they, what they had. So you know how he was creepy and uh, like would snap when he was alive. Yes. In this, as Ash, <clears throat> didn't that just bring you? I mean, now that you know that he was built an adult Bilbo, doesn't that remind you of a ring obsessed adult Bilbo yelling and reaching for the ring and stuff like that? Yeah, going from like very serene to incredibly violent. Yes, I mean that's it's saying Ash. Ash was really Bilbo. In the sense, I I think that's very true, and that's a yeah. an analogy I never would have made, but very cool. Yes. Um, so w- whenever they are talking to his head, he basically confirms everything, and then expresses admiration for the alien for mm-hmm. its purity, um, that it's not like weighed down by morals or human concerns or emotions um and then kind of taunts them with their very low chances of survival um Mm -hmm. which after that they've they've had enough they're not going to get anything useful out of him so they incinerate him Mm -hmm. um but the good news is that with another crew member down they can switch to lambert's plan and all hop in the shuttle Mm-hmm. Um, so they plan to get in the shuttle and set the ship to self-destruct. So Ripley tells Lambert and, um, Parker, the only two other two crew members remaining to go ahead and get everything they need for life support, um, uh, on the shovel. 
And in seven minutes, she's going to set the switches to blow the ship. And as she's prepping things, they've left the comms on. So over the speaker, she hears a meow um, and does from her what I think is probably the only stupid choice in the movie, but it's one you can't fault her for. She goes back looking for the cat. Yep. Um, She finds Jones, but overhears on the comms the alien, the xenomorph, I guess I should say, attacking Lambert and Parker. So she runs to their location, but it's too late. She finds them both dead. Um, And just a very brief departure, uh, a fun fact. So whenever they were casting this movie, um, they had a line at the top of like all of the casting sheets that they didn't have any first names figured out. They had the plot and they had the last names, Lambert, Parker, Ripley. And they had the line where it was supposed to be unisex casting. So basically it doesn't matter the sex or gender um, of the actor, get them to fit in the role. It's whoever Wow. Which is so revolutionary for, I feel like we're starting to do that now. And Barely. This was, right. And this was nice. Or, or, or it's forced. Like this was perfect casting. Jesus. Right. So yeah, either it's, it's, Either it's non-existent or it's pandering. It's like really hard to cast a movie using this structure and doing it so well. But I so that yeah. blew my mind, and it also means that um, because of that, you have these like female and POC characters that are breaking the mold of what they've been portrayed as because because of that choice you have Sigourney Weaver breaking ground as like one of the first final girls one of the first uh female action heroes sorry yes exactly um and uh at the end of the movie because whenever I re-watched this recently I I didn't really remember and I was kind of worried about how it would hold up um and i was so pleasantly surprised because you start watching a horror movie especially from 1979 and you're like i know the order of I, this is this is going to sound terrible but i mm-hmm. know the the death order based on gender and skin color like the black guy <laughs> is going to die first mm-hmm. um and then the other girl and yeah there's a formula then the two guys and then it's going to be the final girl exactly but because of this um casting choice where they were like it doesn't matter just get the best person for the role um Mm -hmm. the last remaining members of the crew are two women and a black man um so i just 1979 well done i applaud Mm -hmm. that yeah, it was um, it was really good. I did not know that. So yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, but diving back in, uh, and it, someday I'll figure out better transitions. But um, <laughs> no, no, I think it was good. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so, uh, now so she with- she she set the timer, and everything is getting ready to blow. Yeah, now with. Um, Lambert and Parker both dead. Ripley's the last remaining person. So she mm-hmm. initiates a self-destruct and starts making her way to the shuttle only to see the xenomorph in the hall um, in the direction she needs to go. So she retreats and tries to turn off the self-destruct but it's too late. It won't work. Um, so with no choice left she very carefully makes her way to the shuttle. And I think it's worth mentioning here that she is um, so visibly terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, 
sweating, shaking, just, you know, um, but still doing it. So she very, very carefully goes towards the shuttle, isn't seeing the xenomorph. So um, she gets in with Jones the cat and flies away as the Nostromo explodes behind her and exhausted, she says, uh, I wrote down with some of my favorite quotes. Um, Exhausted, she says, I got you, you son of a bitch. And um, that's it. The movie's over. No, no, no. (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, Of course it's not. So (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. she, in the shuttle, preps herself and Jones for stasis. And in, I think, the only, like, period typical sexist scene in the movie, she, of course, has to do it in the smallest pair of underwear the costume designer can find. Um, But while she's doing this, she sees the xenomorph has wedged itself into a narrow space in the shuttle with her. Taking a nap. Taking a nap. And realizes it must have snuck on board before the explosion. So um, uh, this this moment in the movie is so quietly tense. Mm-hmm. Um, she is moving super slowly, shaking, um, trying to put on a spacesuit as quietly as she can to not wake it up. And yep. so she, she puts on the, a spacesuit. She grabs a grappling gun. She straps herself into a chair. And when she's doing this, it's like, what is she doing? Yes. And while she's doing this, she is singing, um, You Are My Lucky Star. Just repeating it. To, to I've never song. heard that song or sang before. Have you? Um, no. And I had to look it up. Um, and I'll tell you at the very end, because we're almost okay. there. Um, but sh- so she's just repeating to herself, you are my lucky star. You are my lucky star to try to keep herself calm and focused. Um, mm-hmm. And so she turns on different gas exhausts to make the alien come out of the narrow space because it starts spraying on him. And mm-hmm. then as soon as he comes out of where he was wedged, she opens the airlock. So uh, the xenomorph starts to get sucked out into space, but then it manages to hold on to the edges of the doors. So she shoots it with the grappling gun and it's Mm -hmm. pushed out, but because of the cord attached, it is pushed out in a weird enough way where it's able to grab onto and climb into the engine exhaust. So Mm -hmm. Ripley immediately um, hops out of the, the chair, runs over and fires up the engine. So it burns it enough to make it fall off. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's finally the last of the xenomorph um it's you know going the opposite direction of her in space it has no ability to fly um right so she is finally finally in the clear she records a final log of the journey saying the crew is dead and says this is ripley last survivor of the nostromo signing off and puts herself and jones into stasis um and that is alien well done Madison. thank you um so the the song is uh supposedly sigourney weaver's idea um and on one hand it's to show how scared and vulnerable ripley is in this moment even while she's doing these like awesome badass things um but it's also the final song from Singing in the Rain. Oh. So that's kind of cool on a lot of levels because, I mean, I feel like um, Singing in the Rain, you know, singing in a spaceship with a killer alien. So she's trying to make the most out of a bad situation, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's the finale. It's the last the last song of that show. And this is the last the last hurrah of this movie. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. so yeah right I, I, alright so cool so um, I guess that we should give our reviews and I could tell that you liked it would you like to give your review 
um my review like my personal review yes okay okay um I don't know I think I want to go I don't know I think I want to go after you because I don't want to I don't want to sway you at all all right you won't sway me because I I liked it I liked it more than I thought I would because the reason why if anyone's listening you might have thought this way too but the reason why I I've been putting off watching this uh, completion is because a lot of these older movies, especially the space movie, I think of the 2001 Space Odyssey, where it's like super long, and that's a real commitment to watch. <laughs> and um, it is a long movie; it's like two hours. Yeah, and so with this one, I, I was like, oh, okay, let's see, let's see. And I actually, it has a ton of hype around it too, and which is I, always hard to live up to. Right, and usually the pacing is quite slow. And I was pleasantly surprised. The pacing was really good. Um, the they didn't they treated the audience with respect as far as I mean they they gave her personality like you said you are my lucky star. She was saying that at the end she there was no reference to it in the beginning or anything like that. So I just think that it was really cool that they gave you the human element there. Yeah. Uh, um, it was overall, like I said, just a really a very original film. Um, I would I have to say the knocks on it were the mother portion, and um, yeah, I can't really knock the effects because I, when I watch these movies, I have to I try to put myself in that era or that time. Uh, but I would say I would give it a seven point five out of ten. I think that's awesome, and mm-hmm. I, I think you can knock the effects if you want to. Because reading other reviews of this, it was kind of funny. There were a lot that was like four or five stars. Um, so these people agree on the overall quality of the movie, but one person would say, um, uh, "Great!" And for 1979, those effects are amazing. And another person would say. Um, great, but those effects were terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I, uh, again, while I was looking stuff up about this movie, it actually won an Oscar for best visual effects. Wow. Um, which, to be fair to y- you, mm-hmm. watching this now, yeah, the effects are, you know, a little cheesy here and there. Um but I think overall they don't detract from what the movie is trying to do in those scenes. Oh, I agree. There was no, it did not detract. That's um, true. But I think that's totally valid. And um, yeah. uh, was there anything else you wanted to say? About no, that? I want to hear what I'm really curious about your thoughts. Okay. So um, uh, the reason I love this movie and I don't actually like the sequels. Um, Not even the next one. No. Um, I, th- I see. Okay. I like I like the next one even more. I have. I but that was James like, Cameron. I think you're gonna like the review I chose. Um, okay. Uh, to read later, but the reason I love this movie and not the sequels is because they turn her too much into an action hero, and. That's not what she is here. She is just, she's becoming Third in command. She's third in command. She's the one that people keep ignoring the whole time. Um, She isn't the hero of this movie because she was shooting the alien or um, getting it with the cattle prod or the flamethrower. It's because she is so smart and Mm -hmm. practical from the very start, she is outmaneuvering the alien. The whole yeah. movie, the only dumb decision she makes is to risk her life for her cat. Um, and it's dumb and you know it's dumb, but you would do it too. <laughs> um, yeah. And so for me, watching that movie, uh, I'm 5'1", unathletic, not super coordinated. Um, but here is a hero showing me um, you don't need to physically overpower anything and it's okay to be petrified but if even in the scariest situations you are able to find a way to keep your head 
and just mm -hmm. think, um, then you can get through it. So, right. You can outsmart a xenomorph. Right. So I think, not I think, I know that's, that's one of the biggest reasons I love this movie so much is because she is so not an action hero in this. Yeah, they did. I mean, everything is always bigger and faster and louder in the sequels. But even in the second one, though, she's not she's not a, a, like an all out action hero. She's she's really like, I don't want to go out there. OK, I'm going out there just because this is it's kind of like, OK, they're going to give me enough money so I can just retire after this. I that's valid, but I also think there's a love there. There's a level in this movie of. Uh, that you can't ever get in a sequel of the unknown. Of That's the, true. The terror of the unknown. Of um, no matter how scared she is in the sequel to this movie, which is called Aliens with an S, mm -hmm. um, she's faced this before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, but but then also like I think that I think that the I really liked. I know that some of the actors were better in the first one, but in the second one, you know, I, I don't want this to be a comparing of the second one, but there's one thing is the, the guy that plays the robot in the second one is just the, the crew around her is so cool. But then the guy that plays the robot in the second one is uh, just, uh, I'll watch most things that that guy's in. He was uh, the bad guy in hard target. And he's just so over the top. So it's just really I, I'm pretty, I, I'm probably biased in that sense too. I think that's cool though. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, um, do we want to read the reviews we, we found? Let, let's do it. Well, you didn't give me, what do you, what, what's your uh, one out of 10? What's my one out of 10? Mm -hmm. um, I think if I am placing this movie in the time that it was made like oh god i think i think for me it's a 10 out of 10 whoa yeah all right uh, um i think if i'm play if this movie came out now um i still think it would be really really awesome i think it would lose some things on um effects because so, it would be all cgi yes exactly so i don't think it would be i don't think it would have the same impact um i don't think it would i just i think it would lose yeah. a lot of it um so all right I think, cool yeah all right uh so let's do let's hear your review the okay. review you found um well i want to read two because one okay. is very short but i found very funny because i think it's something <laughs> our mom would say okay um this one, this one is from Stephen B. It's two stars, and it says really dark and hard to see. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's mom. Yeah. Um. So I love that one. Uh, my real review is from Tyler D. Oh, and these are both from Rotten Tomatoes. Um, this is a five star, and it says. And I think this is interesting because we just talked about it. Um, there are two types of people. You're either an alien person or you're an aliens person. Oh. Me, me personally, I am an alien person. I still respect aliens, but it is more of an action movie. The original is the horror movie. It's the best and scariest out of the series. Another thing um, I like more about this film is that it's a smaller movie. Aliens is a bigger movie with a bigger budget. The fact that Alien uh, had a smaller budget but still has great visuals and terrifying effects is incredible. Makes Alien a definite must-see. Best horror movie, best sci-fi movie. Wow, this that person was hit the nail on the head. Yeah, really so what, did, what did you find? But I, I think um, that's funny that... Um, so, there are, I guess, if there are two types of people, we know where we stand. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the one I found was on IMDb from a person called Last Liberal, and they said uh, the title is "The ship will automatically destruct in T minus five minutes." Reads: 
Ridley Scott directed a winner here. I don't need to list all the awards this film won and was considered for. Let's just say it was a lot. I've never seen a sci. I've never been a sci-fi buff, but I was attached like glued to this film from start to finish. Exactly, that's the pacing. It was a really claustrophobic movie. That's my thought. I just added that in. That's a great uh, word for it. Yeah. Thank you. The horror was minimal, but the suspense was incredible. Sigourney Weaver was everything I expected. She was just incredible and made this film worth watching. Tom Skerritt was <laughs> was the jerk I expected him to be. He did not disappoint. <laughs> you need to watch some of his other stuff, Matt. <laughs> okay. Uh, there was a great supporting cast, and this film is a must for all suspense buffs. I'll agree with all of that. Then the reason why I mostly picked it was because of the Tom Skerritt part. Love it. Yeah, um... so... Yeah. Oh, I one tiny thing that I think might be worth mentioning. Okay. Uh, but just because I feel like I see this in parodies all the time now, this mm-hmm. movie had the tagline, the famous, the now famous tagline, um, "In space, no one can hear you scream." Oh yeah, yeah. So when I, I feel like I hear that referenced all the time, but you might not know it's from it's from Alien. That's very cool. I mean, the, yeah, so the marketing team deserves some credit there, too, then. Yeah, and I was also reading they apparently marketed it um, as Jaws in Space. I was thinking that when I was watching it. Were because, you really? Yes, because it's kind of like the whole movie is about this thing. You don't see it. It doesn't have a lot of screen time, but you're always on edge on where is it because you, there's no reasoning with it. There's, you know, it's just... It's a machine, really. I mean, it's just terrifying. You, you never know when it's going to pop out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that, that this was a fun one. Good pick. And I think we talked about for our next one, we're going to do a more current one. Do you know which one that's going to be, Madison? Or do you have a list? Um, did we say Last Night in Soho? Oh, yes. We are doing Last Night in Soho. Okay. So... Uh, next week, everybody, we will be reviewing Last Night in Soho, and uh, I recommend watching it so Madison and I don't spoil anything for you because it will have a ton of spoilers. Okay, and I'm really excited. I have been wanting to see this one, but um, putting it off until the rental price got cheaper. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna like it. Okay, good. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm gonna watch. I can't wait to watch it again. I watched it once and I really liked it. Okay, cool. All right. Well, um, yeah. uh, I want to say, isn't that Diana Riggs' last movie? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And she's in one of my favorite movies, which, yeah, um, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Ah, okay. Yeah. Mm hmm. All right. Well, uh, if anyone has any uh, any thoughts or suggestions for us, please reach us at my brother made me review this at gmail.com. And uh, from me, I'd like to thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, I hope yeah, that uh, we've inspired you to watch this. Yeah. Well, Matt, an excellent job with the run through. And uh, I guess we'll talk to everyone next week. So thanks for listening and we will see you soon. All right. Bye.